0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Magical Ghouls Podcast. I'm
1: your host, Sage. And I am your host, Willoughby. Willoughby, how you feeling? You know, I'm feeling really excited. I'm feeling really good. Um, You know, our passion project that we've been talking about for so long now is finally getting to actually be there, be alive. It exists. It's on the planet. It is out there. Yeah, I think... You know, first episode, uh, first recording jitters and all that. It's going to be very apparent here, but, you know, soon as we kind of just get into the flow and stuff, it's going to be a lot uh, smoother. Dive right into those brutal murders and tragedies
0: at the happiest place on Earth. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. Yikes, indeed. I think uh, the entirety of 2020 is a yikes, so if we're going to spend Halloween together, it might as well be uh, looking at each other on small screens and talking about... Uh, some scary scary topics both of which we love and enjoy obviously mm-hmm. I wonder why people like such terrible things but um, you know I'm here for it might as well maybe it's it's easier to see
1: a life that is not as or a lot harder than yours <laughs> I mean maybe it's just something that you know Ouch. the human brain can't necessarily comprehend so it's like we're trying to search for answers search for some reasoning behind it you know, it's like, you know, the, the human brain and curiosity of the unknown and uncertainty and the fear of it all. It's
0: Oh, yeah. Humans fear the unknown. We'll make up any answer for anything. But that is part of what we are talking about is do we make up those answers or is there really some kind of unknown phenomena? And I know you stand not in an opposite position to myself, but uh, a different one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to go ahead and explain your your position on um, the paranormal, the abnormal. I know we're going to be covering a lot of things over the couple seasons of this podcast, but as far as right now, season one, paranormal, where
1: do you stand? So where I stand, um, I am a firm believer of paranormal activity, uh, ghosts, spirits, apparitions, demons, all of all the sorts um i am a f- i am a firm believer um growing up i even my childhood home at the moment uh, i have had my own experiences with uh the paranormal nothing malicious na you know nothing serious no one was harmed um these are people just living their day-to-day lives in and out and based on my experience there you know i will co- be covering more you know in
0: Eventually. Eventually.
1: Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, it's been cool. It's been cool. Um, You know, family has had their own experiences. Uh, My mom had some. My aunt, they have video recordings of it. I don't know where you stand on, like, photo evidence and stuff, but it's cool to kind of see how each person's perspective goes into this topic. But, you know, as far as For here and now, I am a believer and I've had my own experiences with that.
0: It's awesome that you bring in family experience because I believe a lot of it has to do with how you're raised. Um, I was not raised one way or the other. I think my mom and grandma both believed in like spirits or ghosts, you know, and it was more like you said, not really in a malicious way, but in a way that meant, you know, a loved one was coming back to visit you or something like that. But um, it's always been hard to actually nail down exactly how I felt about mm-hmm. everything because I've had my own experiences, and I'm sure we'll get into that as well um, sooner or later, like we said, eventually. Um, and uh, yet I'm still not convinced, and I feel like it comes from my more scientific background knowledge or scientific f- uh, feelings of things um, that require. A lot more evidence. Like if if ghosts killing people was a real big problem, it would be in the news. It would be everywhere. So yeah, it's I love exploring the mystery. It's more fun in life to just believe in everything and explore those opportunities rather than shut anything down and say, oh no, that's not real. Because I like living in a world where Steve Irwin and Tupac are in Cuba having margaritas on the beach. Uh, Because it's more fun that way. And especially during 2020, um, COVID and the demand of our mental sanity, um, I like to just get lost in that kind of escapism for sure. Um, And as far as picture evidence you mentioned, I don't know. I don't know where I stand. Maybe by the end of this, I will know. Um, A huge reason... I am skeptical there is because I am a photographer. Taken classes at UCLA at one point for photography. Oh, that's right. Um, I remember that. And got my certificate from there, which is not a bachelor's by any means, but it's it's um how I justify charging people until I can actually get further education or something in it. <laughs> so, there's definitely a lot of tricks that light can play on you and you can manipulate it as a photographer. And that leaves for a lot of things, uh, to be open-ended or left with more questions. Uh, especially if it can't be explained
1: or if it wasn't really there, how the picture exists in the beginning. So and very that also creates a question that I've always wondered, you know, I am a firm believer and you know, uh, Photography and electronics can, you know, die off and create their own natural phenomenons. But for me, it's like when it comes to like I, I like to I although I am a believer, I do enjoy reason and I do like to debunk a lot of things like I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, oh, it's always a ghost. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. You feel like you won. You're like, no, no, no. That was fake. Yeah. No, no, we no. We yeah, yeah. I will if it's there's if it's a windy night. And I'm like, the window open. And there's like, oh, wait, no, it's windy. I'll justify it with that. And I will I will happily take that reasoning. Um, but it's just like goes in hand to hand with like electronics and stuff. A question that I've always had is, why do people tend to ghost hunt at night? When, you know, mm-hmm. the night yeah, and why the are mind. Ghosts not out in the middle of the day? And I understand that noise and people are a thing. But at the same time, would that would ghost hunting at night cause more like tricks on the brain and optical illusions as well as potential hallucination and delirium? Absolutely. That's, that's where one of my biggest theories for this entire
0: podcast that I'm trying to test comes in, at least on my end, which is can a space or a time kind of like that have an effect on how you perceive reality? There's an entire, um, base of research about how your brain lies to you you observe certain things but you'll remember things wrong like your brain just cannot be trusted which is so interesting because there are such things as like liminal spaces so spaces Mm -hmm. that just feel eerie and feel off you're probably a hundred thousand times like more likely to see a ghost or have an experience than at a crowded mall in the middle of the day
1: Exactly. And that kind of, you know, moving on to like crowded, crowded areas in the middle of the day, it kind of goes up like, oh, yeah, malls, crowded places, amusement parks, you know, where they have their own histories behind them, dark or not. You know, she said, I'm off in a segue (laughs) right here. (laughs) I mean, you brought it upon me.
0: And that is what we're mainly talking about today is a a certain amusement park known as the happiest place on Earth. And Mm Mhm. What do you, what part of Disneyland, I know we're going to touch more on it next episode, but what part of Disneyland
1: scares you? Like, what part of the park do you think you'd see a ghost in? Uh, like, personally? Well, you know, obviously many people might say, oh, Haunted Mansion, because it deals with ghosts. But, because of my own, uh, not paranormal trauma, but just childhood trauma, going to Disneyland for the very first time... <laughs> Splash Mountain. I do not like that ride. I mean, I'll go on it, but there are certain things that... It's it's scary. Bear ra- Rabbit is freaking getting cooked and being chased by a wolf. It's scary. <laughs> there's scary noises. Oh, yeah. That whole ride is terrifying. <laughs> uh, definitely, probably that area, like a critter, uh, critter Country and um, New Orleans type area, there's a certain vibe that it carries with it that's a little bit more mature uh, Compared to some other aspects of the park, like Fantasyland, it's meant to mesmerize families more for kids. Whereas uh, Critter Country, like and rides like Splash Mountain or Big Thunder or Haunted Mansion, might carry some more mature themes for older audiences. Mature is such a good word.
0: <laughs> that was, I would agree. And I, I was gonna bring up the point that New Orleans, care, uh, New Orleans carries a lot of that kind of. Vibe with it, for lack of a better word, of the fact that there's a lot of voodoo and you hear about witchcraft and you hear about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So I wonder which is if that also, has an influence. Uh, which
1: is also a little bit problematic, but uh, for another right. episode that I will heavily talk about, uh, but continue, continue. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure we'll hit it. Yeah.
0: No, I just, um, but yeah, that's a really good way to put it that it does kind of step into that more mature, like that entire corner. You've got pirates, you have Splash Mountain, you have Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, you have the haunted mansion, and you have what is the lake called? The uh, with the little Uh, Tom Sawyer's Tom Sawyer's Island, where we're not going to talk about this one in in specifics today, but where two people Mm -hmm. did drown. So there's been a there's two kids. There's
1: been death in that corner of the park in the water, and you know, obviously, uh, in multiple different cultures and areas, water is very symbolic and it creates a this aura and Hollywood loves to use it in horror films you know you have like classic slasher films like Friday the 13th and you know Freddy vs. Jason and even in these more moderns like in Mexican culture La Llorona she's in water and even now in like modern times you have the most paranormal activity happening when there's running water and you've had your own experience you even as well you have
0: Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Psycho with her in the shower exactly water is very symbolic I never even thought about all that <laughs> Dang, yeah, that's a... Oh, and you've got Splash Mountain with water, and you've got Pirates with water. That pirate water smell,
1: though. (laughs) That pirate, yeah. Can we... Somebody bottle that up and send it to me, because I (laughs) need it. They actually made... There's someone on... I think I saw Instagram that was actually selling candles that smelled like the Pirates of the Caribbean water. That's talent. If you can find that smell.
0: She was like, okay, sewer water and um, chlorine, and the smell
1: of children's, but also kettle corn. I'm probably about to sum <laughs> <up. laughs> But yeah, water is symbolic. That's just kind of what I was touching base on.
0: Water is symbolic. That is, that is very interesting. So, speaking of the Disneyland side of things, more of these had to do with the Disneyland side than the California Adventure side. Um, did yes, not yes. see too much about those, <clears> and <throat> maybe that's because there isn't a lot of history there i'm not quite sure but um we can start with the most basic tale or legend of disneyland uh which would be that disney himself still haunts the park Mm -hmm. and this is a very famous one this has a lot of testimony from crew members and uh, visitors of the park alike um where there's apparitions of him walking around and cast members claim to turn off the light in his apartment that's above the firehouse. And it just keeps getting turned back on. Uh, and some have even claimed to hear
1: Disney say, I'm still here. And not only that uh, cast members when tending to his apartment right above the fireplace or right above the fire station. Um, there were, have been reports that cast members have smelt uh, lingering smoke Because Walt Disney was a smoker, he did smoke, and there have been reports of still, like, freshly put out uh, cigarette butts. That's how he's spending ghost time, smoking cigarettes? (laughs) And and (laughs) flicking on lights.
0: And (laughs) flicking on lights. What an afterlife. It's, It's a very curious thing because there's so many reports of this from... People from everywhere, but you have to wonder if those people heard about someone else saying it, went to look for it, and walked into it, or if they were completely unrelated at all.
1: Hmm. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, a rumor only grows based on how many people have heard it, as well as their own interpretation on it. Uh, Rumors start... Uh, and kind of snowball its way into something a lot more grand because so many people have heard it and have their own takes and interpretations on it. Like it's a huge game of telephone. So where ex- mm. to pinpoint the exact origin and what exactly was said, especially especially now since everybody in the public basically knows this rumor, it's kind of very difficult.
0: Right, you can't really pin down the truth because anybody could say, oh, well, I've heard it, you know. And I'm pretty sure somebody having a ghastly saying is saying, I'm still here. That's probably your boyfriend you've been walking around (laughs) with like 48 hours. Because if anybody else walks the parks like you and I do, um, then we get a lot done very efficiently. Mm -hmm. And if people can't keep up, they are definitely left as ghosts behind us. I have,
1: I can, I'm not proud, but I will admit that I have left people behind. I was bobbing and weaving through <laughs> the crowds and I'm like, hey, it's 10 a.m. We should have gone through like 10 rides already. You are behind schedule. You want to eat? Sorry, here's an apple in my bag. You're going to eat that and we're going to run.
0: <laughs> you didn't bring snacks? You're unprepared. <laughs> what did I tell you? I gave, I gave you, you a list. list. sunscreen
1: trail mix and water. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I will say that, Willoughby and I, are very efficient in the parks. Not that we get to go super often or, I should say, as often as we used to, um, but, yeah, you can definitely get left behind in a place mm-hmm. like that. And that's scary, too. That also leads an element of of fear in there when you are alone in a crowded place that you're either not very familiar with or like there's there's kind of a sensory overload Mm -hmm. there you have the smells that they put out you have the sounds of everything you have all these colors and and all of this stuff going on and so
1: that could be another reason people see or or hear stuff and the thing is anaheim itself is a very warm part of california so it's like especially during the summertime at its peak like uh where it sees its peak attendance there are a lot of people who have had heat strokes who um who don't who aren't hydrated enough throughout the day and as the sun is beaming down on them a lot of things will and can and will cause hallucinations and at the same time God, can you imagine just tripping out <laughs> to Disneyland but not on oh, purpose terrible and also another thing is at night there are still security guards and janitorial staff doing their own things the park never goes to sleep, essentially. You know, the and riot, Neither the do sound. the residents
0: once you check in. You can never check out.
1: Calm down, Hot to Something like that. Tower of Terror looking. It's not even there Terror. anymore, man. I can't even make that joke. I know. But I mean Guardians of the Galaxy is really what good. It's just not Tower I'm of Terror. Old and crotchety. And I want my original <laughs> rides back. We can always go to Florida. <laughs> Uh, is florida worth it though
0: <laughs> get crocodiles but you also get tower of terror true you might
1: die imagine going to like tower of terror like at disney world and it's like a tropical thunderstorm and there's lightning as you're walking up to the tall building no i don't That's think pathetic. i will what that'd be kind of cool <laughs> i mean you won't even really know she said that'd be <laughs> cool you know florida maybe you maybe potentially die But at least there's Tower of Terror. So, we've talked about
0: ghostly apparitions. Um, I'm not sure if you'd like to jump down to our point, our last point, which was leading on the ghostly apparitions.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let us do that. So, as mentioned earlier, you know, um... The park never goes to sleep. There have been sights and sounds and people report ghostly hauntings and apparitions reportedly caught on camera. There has been CCTV footage uh, released near the Haunted Mansion Ryan near New Orleans, as we kind of discussed earlier, of what appeared to be some shadowy figures kind of moving in and out. And some apparitions that have been following park goers as well as cast members. And they just kind of disappear afterwards. Um... A lot of fun, you know. A lot of people getting freaked out. This caused a lot of controversy online and in the forums. <laughs> Probably Facebook,
0: most of all. Probably caused a lot of people to get fired too, because they turned around and saw a, a ghost or a, a a shadow figure. They turn around, and went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <and then they laughs> oh, got that's fired. right. Like
1: imagine, like Cinderella, like someone's following Cinderella. She turns around, she just like curses or whatever. Immediately, <laughs> 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 but just like the traumatized look of the children. <laughs> behind her. Like they just wanted a picture. Mommy, <laughs> what does shit mean to kind of squash all the controversy and stuff? Uh unfortunately, uh it has been been brought to the attention of the public that there was nothing spooky or paranormal caught on film, but rather it was a a publicity stunt. Yay. <laughs> the 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 stunt itself was done by uh, Christopher Cantwell is his name. Uh, he is a well-known writer, producer, director, and he actually used the publicity stunt of the footage, the ghostly footage, to promote Disneyland itself. And I assume it was promoting like something near New Orleans and Haunted Mansion, considering that a lot of this footage did kind of take place there. Um, in a quote that Cantwell said, he, in order to kind of create the stunt itself, there was a stuntman dressed in white, laid over clean footage, and out through VFX overlays. This was shot when the park, this was shot in the park overnight, and I love that these videos still live on. End quote. So, you know, much to the dismay of many uh, paranormal believers as well as uh, Disney fanatics, these the clips have been debunked as. Fake. And this also goes,
0: uh, it includes the one-way man. That is Space Mountain's own ghost. That was not real. Uh, especially with a lot of older, uh, maintenance and CCTV footage. Uh, there was a lot of tape. There was a lot of burning to discs and physical forms and a lot of overriding old things and whatnot. Um... But yeah, there is such a thing as the one way man who is a ghost that is always seen getting on and off of Space Mountain cars, but he is not real. He is a glimmer of light, an illusion, a fleck left from previous recordings, a, le- a legend, a legend of, of his own. Um, and so, yes, Heartbreaking. I am and It is. It's really... Honestly, the one I'm more disappointed about is the Tower of Terror maintenance footage, where you see a man deadpan riding Tower of, Te- Tower of Terror by himself, and you see these ghastly apparitions showing up next to him, and the man is just unfazed. But, of course, you find out it's because there's a lot of mirrors and a lot of optical illusions, and so it shines that mm-hmm. light to make it appear as if those people are sitting next to you on the ride.
1: Anyway... Um, little disappointed. And that effect, and that effect is actually very prominent in the Haunted Mansion towards the end of the ride. Spoiler alert! (laughs) When you go on the Haunted Mansion towards the end, you pass these mirrors, and there's um, what's not cameras, but light machines, projectors, (laughs) projectors. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, (laughs) machines. Yes, the light bulb light machines, the projectors, uh, project where, not where you're sitting, but right next to you, if there's an empty space, a little ghost, and it varies time, uh, time, each time you go, so that effect is already very prominent, and it, you know, it's very obvious in Haunted Mansion, as well as Tower of Terror, Clips, but those clips are what helps drive people to come to Disneyland. You want to know if the ghosts are real. You want
0: to ride the rides. You want to be at the happiest place on earth and you want to escape to somewhere where nothing bad could happen until it does. So when did Disneyland open? When did Disneyland open? I'm disappointed. You don't know this on the top of your head.
1: Uh,
0: July.
1: It's hold on. I know it. I know it. You got the first part, right? It's... It was like middle of July. July 17th? It was July 17th. What year? Uh, That one is 1955. And she's going to the insane
0: asylum, everybody. She got it right. (laughs) 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 So Disneyland opened in 1955. And one thing that we know is that when Disneyland first opened, it was not doing so well.
1: Mm -mm. Not at all. Not at Mm. all. It was uh, there have been news reports and, like, articles and newspapers writing about how it was destined for failure. Because even when the park opened on opening day, it was very, very incomplete. And only a certain amount of rides got done and were ready. And it was pretty much barren compared to the Disneyland we know and love today.
0: Well, Walt Disney did say that uh, Disneyland was never finished. So I guess there's a reason for that. Just kidding. But, nope uh, what else to help drive your sales than your
1: first death at the park? Yeah, this is, uh, this is where it gets kind of sad, kind of sad. But at the same time, at the same time, it's just... It, logic? I don't there, know. there is a reason says.
0: that there are signs saying to keep your seatbelt on, stay seated, keep your arms, hand, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times, and as... For favor. As Neil Patrick Harris himself would say, watch your kids. Even if you're in a hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> for your safety, safety, <laughs> safety. Now we're both going to the loony bin. Thank you for exposing me. <laughs> we totally don't have that whole thing memorized at all. Totally.
1: Anyway. Any- yes. <laughs> watch your kids. And there's a very good reason why. So this, the very first death recorded in the park. Keep in mind, keywords recorded. Who knows if there could have been some, you know, hidden stuff? They just brushed some of those kids right under the rug, right under the multimillion dollar. Or maybe some, or maybe some of the workers. We never know. Um, But for the first death recorded in the park, that happened in May of 1964. Almost a decade Uh, after it opened, but not quite. Yeah, not even a decade. Like nine years. Um, So. Our victim, unfortunately, is Mark Maples, a 15-year-old Long Beach resident, uh, was unfortunately killed when he tried to stand up on the Matterhorn Bobsleds. Now, real quick, for those of you who do not know, when the, the Matterhorn Bobsleds is a very, very bumpy ride. Even after maintenance, even after everything, they upgraded the Bobsleds pretty recently, um, and... They're still very bumpy. Like, you will hurt your back. People have reported and complained about their backs hurting afterwards. It's like a it's wooden roller coaster. Ride. It
0: will throw you.
1: Exactly. And the fact is, this kid, whether it be because of peer pressure or just because adrenaline, uh, he foolishly unbuckled his seatbelt and tried to stand up as the, the, the bobsled was kind of nearing the peak of the mountain. And as... The ride was going, he lost his balance, and was thrown from the top of the track down to the very bottom. And he, um, he fractured his skull, he fractured his ribs, and he had a lot of internal injuries. And unfortunately, just a few days later, he did uh, pass away from those injuries. Which is so, insane. I mean, in an instant,
0: <sighs> these are the kinds of things that can happen. And you could say, as this being the first recorded death it's kind of a history changer because sometimes safety precautions don't get put into play until after something bad happens and rumors don't start until something bad happens so this was kind of the start of everything because things started out so slow
1: yeah and like I said we we don't know necessarily know the cause for why he did this. You know, 15, there's obviously a lot of pressure. Need be to look and act cool. Which, come on, like, middle school me was, yikes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what it is about the 60s that played into peer pressure. Um, the, The case that I favor is eloquently named How the People Mover Became the People Squisher. So this one is a little bit... On more, this one is on a more tame ride, but it still goes to show how dangerous things are. And this is not turning into a park safety podcast, but we are stressing do not stand
1: up on rides. It is a bad idea. This is how bad. murder happens. Not just murder, but like sometimes the most terrifying things happen on the most tame rides. Absolutely. And that ties into what we're talking
0: about with haunted spaces. So, Even though Matterhorn is quite scary uh, in terms of, if you compare it to the People Mover, you still have kind of this perfect space setup where when there's a death there, now it's 50 times scarier. No one is ever going to be afraid of a ride that goes seven miles an an hour and just gets people to different parts of the park and shows them around. Except after August of 1967. So similar age and year here we have ricky lee yama who was 17 years old from hawthorne california and uh, he was stated as being killed when he disregarded safety instructions exited the people mover car as it was passing through a tunnel he slipped as he was jumping car to car and being cheered on by his friends and then proceeded to be crushed to death beneath the beneath the wheels of oncoming cars. Almost an identical thing happened in 1980 with Gerardo Gonzalez, who was also jumping car to car, and he fell between two vehicles in a near-identical fashion Thirteen years earlier, and was killed, and this was due to his friends cheering him on. Not everything has to be fatal. In 1973, you had a guest who was just injured after exiting the vehicle mid-ride to retrieve an item that fell. Um, but then she fell with it. She fell an entire 30 feet off of the rails. Terrible. uh because they came through the exit of a tunnel. But so it goes to beg the question: Do deaths in a place make it
1: haunted? What is your take on it? Do you believe that deaths happening at a location, whether infamous or not, can potentially make the area haunted? Infamous or not, that is a very good way to put it. Because people die
0: everywhere. Mm -hmm. They do. You should be seeing ghosts near dumpsters. At a Rite Aid. You should be seeing ghosts everywhere. So, since we don't, and we see them for the most part in areas that have this kind of label on them as being scary. Um, I don't know. I don't think a death necessarily has a role in it, but I think having a place be considered dangerous because of a lot of people dying there, that can definitely have an influence on whether or not a place can be considered haunted or if it just makes it creepy. You know, you're walking by a place and somebody goes, somebody died there. You'll probably be like, all right, I, you know, it's like Sunday afternoon and I don't know you, but
1: um, thanks for But, the like, if we're also going to the topic of the paranormal, you know, we see these shows and, like, there's been research done by paranormal, like, enthusiasts and stuff, novel, like, you know, whether they be amateurs or not. Um, there has been reports that to get to that type of, like, level of a haunting, it takes a lot of energy. And, you know, obviously the more people that have died at a particular site can stir up and have more energy compared to someone where it's been more tame and have there have been locations where there have been less deaths. You know? That's a good point. But do you manifest that energy? Well, there have, you know, obviously with portals and, like, rituals and stuff like that, you can definitely bring energy, especially if someone is more sensitive to this energy, whether it be good or bad. You can definitely manifest energy, especially when we have instances where, you know, on TV shows and stuff, and people's own experiences where they have a brand new flashlight with brand new batteries, and all of a sudden, it's drained. Could it just be technical error? Of course, you know? But at the same time, to paranormal, ghosts feed off of that electromagnetic energy, and to maybe help communicate with that, especially if they've had like a very traumatic or shocking death. They might not even realize that they're dead. So they might need help or try to reach out to find answers. That's a
0: good point. I mean, and especially so young. I see what you mean by there already being energy there. You have to tap into and in a sense you have to believe in order for it to work. I mean, I've read a lot about that when it comes to stuff with Wicca, with witchcraft. You have this idea that you believe in something and it will come true. And so that's where I'm a skeptic because if you believe in something hard enough, could your brain not just give you the information to justify that belief versus it actually being there? If you go in as a total... I think people believe, like myself, if you go in as a total skeptic and then you see something and you are convinced, but maybe you don't get to see stuff if you Mm -hmm. don't believe.
1: At the same time, like... You know, whether or not you're like a super religious person or not, whether you're a skeptic or or not or a believer, something that we kind of take for granted in everyday life, something that is very universal when it comes to like manifestation and stuff like and stuff of the sorts is how like many times do we do people like do that one small thing at, for good karma or they wish bad karma on others? that yin and yang that take back and that give without realizing people use it in their everyday language whether like they could be super very conservative religious or on the complete opposite spectrum but we use that very day to day even at work you know it's like oh i hope that maybe uh i hope that they i don't know drop an ice cream cone that they have holding if they're particularly nasty or if they're really good. I'd be like, "Oh, I hope they're going to get good karma today because they did this nice thing for this one person without even having to been asked to." So it's like without that manifesti- manifestation goes on each and every day, every second of the day without realizing it because it's one of those things that has become so common sense, so like so just common within the like human race. Well,
0: that you is know? superstition, like believing that something is lucky or particularly unlucky. Mm-hmm. That that superstition, that that ritual, in a sense, that you don't even realize that you're doing, um, but you are you're trying to bring certain energies towards you. Okay, I'm on board with that. I've never particularly been at the Matterhorn and and had any particular. Feeling, but it's probably because I wasn't looking for it. Well, shoot! I guess we're gonna have to go to Disneyland for science.
1: Oh no, Disneyland! We have to go. Uh, and it's again? closed.
0: This is perfect. We'll break <laughs> in. No, we won't. Not actually. Don't come for uh, us. No no, and no, 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 no. It'll
1: it's a be joke. the joke. middle of
0: the night, <laughs> and I'm sure something would scare the shit out of us. Like probably the people who
1: have to work there during COVID. <laughs> i mean i feel like at this point do you think people have tried to break in <laughs> Because
0: oh yeah they're so, like
1: because there have been some very extreme disney fanatics out there and i have met some of them and i have interacted so i'm Who knows, sure maybe they'll been... open disneyland
0: back up and there'll just be a pile of bodies and we'll have an answer uh-huh. Well, and that's essentially what this is. These are the accounts taken from people that have seen creepy things or claim to. And then the accounts of recorded deaths that could have an influence on how people feel. Um, at places like Disneyland, that even the happiest place could still have this kind of manifested feeling and this this eerie darkness behind the pearly gates of the happiest place on earth but it's really hard to tell if that makes it haunted haunted
1: or not disney's gonna still take my money
0: (laughs) absolutely and that's you never know when the stuff about haunts is for publicity like when was the first time ever something was seen as haunted um it definitely makes you curious about where these things come from and You've got a place that is spooky, that has these sensory overloads, that has all of these different aspects to it, and you wonder what plays into certain things. So um, I guess this was a very good first episode because it befits the name of also being magical. Uh, The name was originally derived from the fact that Willoughby and I are enormous fans of all of this spooky stuff Talking about whether or not something is haunted, why it might be haunted, why it might not be haunted, um, and evidence to support it. But we're also really into Sailor Moon. so Magical ghouls. Heck yeah. <laughs> Two in one. <laughs> Heck yeah. So that's what makes us the magical ghouls. But as far as a good first Disney episode, that was pretty magical. Not as many ghouls as we thought, but... Maybe there's some we don't even know about. Well,
1: actually, you know, kind of going back to the Honda Mansion, uh, you know, the pet cemetery is an actual pet cemetery. There are loved, loved pets and animals whose final resting place is the happiest place on Earth, as well as there has been instances and records of people scattering ashes throughout the park. So, in terms of deaths, obviously you have the accounts there, that both in which we talked about, and ones that we didn't. But there have been, like, remains in terms of ashes kind of scattered, and Disney kind of really cracked down on it after a mother decided to scatter her son's ashes on the Haunted Mansion, and the ride had to shut down for cleaning. Does not surprise me, and that
0: also creates a little yin and yang there. You have tragic death, and you have peaceful death. You have something relatively good and relatively bad, kind of mixed into one, both surrounding a a gruelish subject matter of death, of losing a loved one, of losing someone. So does that energy actually make Disneyland haunted?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, on my personal take, I do believe that Disneyland is haunted. Maybe not in the sense of it being very over-exaggerated, like how horror films and how Hollywood portrays hauntings, but the fact that there have been numerous deaths, a lot of them very tragic, a lot of them very shocking, especially with kids who might not, whose perception of time and energy and space is a lot different than adults. And although it's, you're not going to see, you know, children running around in ghostly forms creating chaos, and you know, um, their energy is still there. Their presence will forever remain there. And the fact that we people read about these deaths and think about these children and all the deaths, both from adults and children, it kind of keeps them alive in that sense. So they're not really going away as long as Disneyland is is there, is present. And even though we might not uh, feel the energy, um, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That doesn't mean they're not there. Maybe their energy is just too weak. Maybe they don't even know they're dead yet. You know, there's so much of the unknown that is yet to be explored. And that's kind of the beauty of it, you know, and to not villainize them because these were real people and people, when it comes to hauntings, like to villainize them. And I don't think that's okay because they had families, they had friends, they had their own stories. They were like the main character of it. And just like that, to be robbed of life over like a mistake or something like that that I'd be terrified you know I'd be scared if that occurred to me I I don't I don't I couldn't properly process that so is Disneyland haunted I believe so but not in the traditional sense of a haunting I'm going to pull a fast one on everybody and say I also do
0: think Disneyland is haunted and I say that because we've talked a lot about manifesting energy and energy being present in one form or another from one thing or another. And I think the second you're on Disneyland grounds, there's something different. And it was created to be this escape, escapism place, this, this wonderful residence, but there is always a level of just kind of where does the time go and like real life doesn't matter and you kind of have this weird bridge because I think that is is created and I think that to die in kind of a weird liminal space like that creates a lot of opportunity for some really creepy things to happen and for really creepy energies to be left behind especially ones that are you know from the 50s that would be it's been like, what, 70 years since the park opened. There's definitely, and you've got people from all over the world coming there. You have this huge epicenter of travel and of different people with different beliefs. And it's the happiest place
1: that has some of the darkest secrets. And it's just like how it kind of, people gravitates towards it. And like, there are different parks around the world. Obviously Disneyland is not the biggest. It's in fact the smallest park with the smallest castle. If people want to see a big castle like Cinderella's castle, they will go to uh, Walt Disney World or another place where the technology is so much more far advanced, but yet they find themselves going to the original place where it started. So there is history there. There is so much in the fact that, I mean, not to be cheesy, but there is magic there because like you said, it's a place to escape, and I never even thought about that. How many people use Disneyland as a place to escape from their sorrows, from their tragedies and their daily lives, just to get away from it all, all the stress? And time flies by. You don't even realize it. And it's something that, you know, Disneyland may not necessarily be great on its own, but it's because of the experiences and the energy that we bring and and the hope, the hope of it all that we, each customer brings to Disneyland that it creates that energy and that almost safe haven by itself. It creates a safe haven and it creates the ability to let your
0: imagination go a little more wild. And it kind of lets you be a kid again. And it's kind of like when a child sees a ghost, you're like, that has to be real because why would a child know anything about this? Or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And so maybe when you kind of get more in touch with your inner child, you're more open to things.
1: Kind of like anything is possible when you're at the happiest place on earth, like anything could happen, you know? And it's like those m- memories that you create, you know, obviously you, you become a lot more carefree. Like, as you said, you open up more, even if like you're having a really bad day or you're grumpy, you step into Disneyland and then you feel it. Like, obviously I'm sure the aromas and like the <laughs> everything else that the, there's a definitely an illusion aspect of it especially nowadays, compared to, like, OG, OG Disney. But even then, there was a line, like, Disneyland was destined to fail, and yet there were still people waiting to go. And the way that, you know, it was broadcasted, and the way that advertisements created, made it so, is that it was already, like, a magical place to people. And, like, children were like, oh, heck yeah, let's go to Disneyland, you know? Even though it, it wasn't really on the map quite yet. Well, I think until... Our next episode,
0: where we dive into our personal accounts, that about sums up the the history and what we know the most important things about if Disneyland is haunted or not. And then we'll see if we can convince each other of something else in the next
1: episode. So as we're kind of ending on more of not so much a spooky high, but more of a melancholy hopeful high. Uh, thank you, guys. To whoever's listening, even if it's just me and Sage listening to this over and over again for the 50th time. Um, Didn't do that with the trailer (laughs) at all. (laughs) Not at all. But this, the fact that we're even doing this, the fact that it's being out, being put out there into the world is something that means so much to the both of us. Uh, Can't necessarily speak 100% for Sage, but for me, definitely, It's always been, like, a dream of mine to be able to talk about the things I'm more passionate about and to discuss things that I love without being judged for it or, you know, being afraid of, like, who might hear it. Because, you know, a lot, you know, people are like, oh, ghosts? That's weird. (laughs) Uh, But the fact that, you know, I have a wonderful, wonderful friend to kind of go on this journey with, it's something that I... It's all I could ever hope for and more. So thank you guys. Uh, Yeah.
0: I don't know who she's talking about. I don't know this wonderful friend she's talking about at all. She's the wonderful friend. I have no idea. Not even a little bit. But I would agree that we are very thankful to everybody tuning in. And give us some feedback. Let us know what more you want to see out of everything. Um, Because... We're just here to have a conversation with each other, with you about places all over the world that are haunted. What about them? makes them haunted, makes them creepy. What weird occurrences only happen at these specific places. Um we just started with Disneyland because it's one of our favorite places. and um, to the next episode, we'll talk about our own personal accounts and experiences with all those fun things at Disneyland. Mm. <laughs> this is willoughby and sage signing off officially for the first ever episode of the, the magical, magical Goals ghouls
1: podcast, podcast.